Welcome into another episode of Back to You, along with Panger and Niner. I'm KT, and I have my voice back. Yay, guys. (laughs) (laughs) It's like 95, 96%, um, but you can't tell. But man, that was a, the struggle was real last week. So thank the Larry the Cable Guy. Thankfully, he is hilarious and can carry a show all by himself. Um, And you guys did a great job. But yeah, it was a, it was a whole week of hot tea. I took Panger's advice. I put bourbon in it at one point, Ooh. and that was lovely. Yep, I went out and got some bourbon. Panger's like texting me, "How could you not have bourbon in the house?" I'm like, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna go get some. And all of a sudden, I saw my that. Was you got that little liquor cabinet right there by your Christmas tree. I mean, that, that I should know. be automatic <laughs> that that somebody something is right in there, KT. I mean, that's right. it's a, that's it's a right. magic it's a magic remedy. I, I think our parents did it to us when we were kids, so it's got to work. My mom rubbed like vodka on our gums when we were teething. And that was what our old, like we had this ancient um, childhood doctor. He was around forever. He was wonderful. And he had like old school remedies. And there was one night that I had like, I was like three or four, I don't even know. And, and I'm probably gonna get in trouble for telling this story. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but um, he told my mom, he's like, she's, she's really struggling. Do you have any vodka in the house? My mom's like, of course. Said, all right, take a little bit on your finger, rub it on her gums, and I went right to sleep. Guys, it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's see how that my, works. My mom must have put my mom must have put gin on mine because that's why I hate <laughs> hate the stuff uh, to this day. So, but uh, uh, you you were a gamer last week, KT. What's that? You were a gamer last week. You were a gamer, an absolute gamer, and uh, oh. and Larry, you know what? Larry identified it too, and he could he could really carry it. Uh, he knew yeah. when to go and knew that uh, anybody that's had struggle you know with with their voices and, and that's the business that we're in is a tough one so i know um, i went my yeah. priority was to get better for friday's game we did the black friday penn state michigan state game and i was like i cannot talk for two days before that game i have to get my voice back so <laughs> all was well for the game and um lopsided victory for penn state but it was a a great finale for us with our big 10 slate watched the michigan ohio state game on saturday craig congrats to your michigan wolverines thank you thank what you. a game you guys i could watch that game over and over and over it was one for the ages. One of the best college football games I've ever seen. Well, you know, it, it turned out to be exactly uh, how I wanted it to finish, but it was, if you're a college football fan, it was a great game. I am dying to know what Ryan Day is thinking right now after all the remarks that he had with the Michigan and all the scandals and then losing to the interim coach, which was uh, what Sharon Moore. Yeah. And and to have Ohio State lose to them after all the remarks that he had to say, uh, weak schedule, this, that, uh, the scandal. Uh, I'm so happy for Go Blue. <laughs> You're in Michigan. And Panger, we you always say, we got always to play say, a really always, swanky course. I- yeah, well, you know that I, I I love my golf. And so I had a I had a game on TNT on Wednesday, Boston at the Panthers, which was – you know, a great, the anticipation of that game was great anyway, because the, you know, the Charlie McAvoy, you know, that, that hit on Oliver Ekman Larson, it co- cost Charlie uh, four games and uh, the, mm-hmm. the the fathers, the dads of all the, all the Bruins were there as well. So I got to meet uh, Chuck McAvoy, uh, Charlie's dad and, and uh, Louis DeBrusque was there nice. for Jake. And so that part was real fun. And every time we talked to the coaches, we talked to both of them, Jim Montgomery, and we talked to Paul Maurice about, you know, about, maybe a little revenge, a little animosity, a little whatever. And both coaches are like, hey, we're in first and second place in the Atlantic. That's incredibly tough. But the game lived up to its billing in the first first half of it anyway, because it was aggressive. It was it was physical. It was mean. It was it was really exciting. And then 
until uh, until Linus Allmark kind of uh, he he ruined the day for Florida because he was so brilliantly outstanding that I think he sucked a little life out of the Florida Panthers and the crowd, which by the way, capacity crowd in Florida. My hat's off to the Panthers. Wow. It's no longer a place for everybody else to go to and cheer for that team. Uh, they drowned out the the Boston Bruin fans, and I don't think we could say that in the past uh, quite often. Mm-hmm. So their run last year, the dedication to the uh, to the team, and truly loyal to the team and what they are. I, yeah, actually, I, you mentioned my golf, uh, KT. Uh, I was at the Grove, and uh, Dustin Johnson had played. I think he played nine holes. He's a member there, but he played nine holes with uh, the fellow that was hosting me, one of Wayne's friends called uh, his name's Justin Duffy. And they're buddies. They play together all the time. And I was hoping Dustin was going to continue on and play with us. But he was he he played nine holes. He 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 uh, he That's played enough. enough so, and I'm like, man, I could play like 54 holes right here. But um, the, uh, the I asked him, and he's like, oh, yeah, he's got a suite to the game. And and Brooks Kepka and like a lot of the golfers, you know, they want to go to the Panthers games now. And it wasn't great. necessarily a destination before. So th- that's great news for the NHL and for the Panthers and what they've done and uh, the great the great uh, golfers as well. But uh, playing that Grove is, you know, as if anybody, it's Grove 23. It's it's uh, just north of Jupiter and Hope Sound. And it's Michael's, you know, that's his domain. It's Michael Jordan's domain. And it is it's just a phenomenal place to go play. You you walk, you get through the gates and um, there's no pictures on the inside. He, you know, it's not something that he wants on the outside. So social media, you don't see very much of that, which is great. You just go on in there. You just enjoy it. You get treated so well. And uh, and then the, the, there's a golf course that's fast and uh, it's great greens. It's no wonder all the PGA guys prepare there before they go to a lot of majors or big tournaments. And and by the way, I'm going to shout out to a, a, a friend of mine, Danny Quinn, who, uh, you know, he was a oh, yeah. uh, I, thought, I don't know if he was a five or six time winner or whatever it was. My numbers are probably wrong of the um, at Tahoe. But uh, Danny and I grew up together in Ottawa. We were Nepean oh, Raiders. Wow. We were Ottawa West Golden Knights. And then we got drafted to the uh, Belleville Bulls when they were an expansion team. He went first overall, and, and I, I was the first goalie chosen. And there we were again back together. And all these years go by, and I've never lost touch with Danny. So every time I get the chance to go there and, and play some golf with him, I, I really enjoy it. So you talk about friendships through sports. I mean, that's probably yeah. a pretty good example of that because uh, that goes a long way. Uh, a, a long time speaking ago, and it's great to get together with him. Yeah, and speaking of friendships through sports, I'm going to use one of my friendships through sports for our podcast today. My dear, dear friend, a Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, you know him well, 21 seasons of professional football. And now I think he's ha- he's got about 75 seasons of professional surfing under his belt. But uh, <laughs> very excited that we get to bring in Doug Flutie to the broadcast today. How are you doing? What's going there on? There he is. What's up? <laughs> yeah, I just got in out of the ocean, went out and caught a few waves and cleaned up this afternoon. So you're cutting into my surfing time. I figured I'm as just... much. I appreciate that. I know you well. I'm like, this is either his third or fourth bout of the day out on the waves. What's up, uh, uh, Oh, God, not too much. Just got done with like three weeks of baseball tournaments, playing old man hockey, um, just being a kid, having fun, yeah. trying to have fun. Peter Pan lives, you guys, and his name is Doug Flutie. That's Peter Pan up there. <laughs> Wait, you have to tell the guys about, okay, because I remember you just recently, you've been playing baseball with the the lifeguards in your town down there in Florida. You've been playing baseball for a long time with the old timers, but you just started hockey like a couple years ago, right? Because you were asking me about hockey equipment yeah. as a goalie. Yeah. Um, I had some hockey stuff. We played pond hockey up in Boston, but I, I, basketball was my winter sport, so I never played hockey. 
Um, got down here. I gave away all my goalie equipment, all my forward equipment. You know, I'm going to Florida. I'm not playing hockey. There's a rink 20 <laughs> minutes down the road. Guys are like, come on, you got to play. Everybody's playing. You got to play. You got to play. So I can compete at a higher level in net than I can out. Actually, I've been skating out a lot lately, and it's been a lot of fun. But I uh, started doing that again. But it, I'll say this about hockey. I'm not good at it. I'm terrible. But it's the one sport that I can play as hard as I want to go, and it doesn't hurt. Like wow. I, so I play baseball. It hurts to run. It hurts to bend over and feel the ground ball. Or to, hockey, I mean, I can go as hard as until I slam into the boards or fall on the ice. But you can <laughs> skate as hard as you want. And it doesn't hurt. That's awesome. Doug, this is an absolute. This is an absolute pleasure. I got. I got to tell you, we. Uh, I mean, being a smaller athlete, like, well, you're five. Are you five nine or five ten? Were they generous with the five ten? Five nine and a half. We'll go right between it. We'll split the difference. <laughs> Five, you know what it's to hear like you, to be a uh, small goal. These guys in these guys in net now are like seven foot tall, eight feet wide, and they just stand there. You had to be an athlete in net. Yes. You had to actually move Doug, to make a save. You are you're no, you are right in that respect because when I was playing and, and you were in like nineteen eighty four, you're you know, you're you're winning. I signed with the Blackhawks in nineteen eighty four and my first training camp, Tony Esposito just retired, the legend. Murray Banner was there, and, and he's about 5'11". Um, we had uh, not very many shorter goaltenders. So when I first um, got to the American Hockey League, or they sent me down, it was actually the IHL Milwaukee, and our coach was Cliff Coral. I got off the team bus, and she happened to be there, and she looked at our, our you know, Cliff Coral was a legendary player for the Blackhawks, and his wife, Linnea, says, oh, isn't that stick boy cute? And as I walked <laughs> off the bus, so... so so th there, there I am, you know, I'm like, this is my first year pro. The, the wife of the coach thinks I'm a stick boy. This is going to be a he hell of a ride. Oh, but, uh, but, but I was always inspired by, even though in other sports, um, I, I was inspired by what you did. And, uh, and so I can't believe that you put on the goalie equipment as well, because with your athleticism, you would have been great. And you would have been a tall goalie in my time. You would have been like <laughs> Mike Vernon or yeah. um, some of the guys of that, age, of that, uh, of, of that, you know, height and whatever. So that's great. Yeah. It's, it's but I make a lot of highlight reels. Oh, I've do you? Got all, I got three sets of pads in the garage now. <laughs> oh yeah. I get, I make the highlight reel saves. I can't stop the average <laughs> shot that, yeah, the, the puck can trickle in at me. It might go in, but I'm going to make the highlight reel. one. I don't know. <laughs> the old I two pad up. stacks. Hey, there can you, you, can you uh, actually I do that stack the windmill? Well, no doubt. <laughs> you know, you're totally out of position. Flash, the, rest of the, the, glove the, up. the rest of the play, but what the hell? Double <laughs> stack them and slide across, baby. That's awesome. <laughs> well, well, before you came on, Penguin. When you, you play baseball. Just Oh, sorry, Panger. I was going to say, before you, before Dougie came on, we were talking about how Panger just went to uh, or just broadcasted the Panthers-Bruins game in Florida. Couldn't get over how many fans there were for the Florida Panthers. The place was packed, sold out. And I know you just took your little grandson, Brady, to his very first Bruins game, right? It was the Tampa Bay Lightning game. So how was yeah. that? We went over to Tampa Bay for the Lightning game. Um, ended up – was that the overtime loss? Yeah. We, the four seconds left. Uh, yeah, they were the, leading. Uh, yes. Bruins lost in overtime. Um, but yeah, oh, little Brady, he just, he loves everything that's going on. He's eyeing it up. He's watching. First grandson, he's the center of the universe. So, you know, this is, you know, nothing else matters. Everything is about the grandchild. Um, 
But uh, we almost were going to head down to the Panthers game, too. We have, you know, you have to pick these. Fl- you know, people think it's right down the street. You're in Florida. No, it's a three-hour drive to Tampa. It's a three-hour <laughs> drive to Miami to get to the Panthers. It's like going Boston to New York. It's an away game. Um, but the Bruins have been a lot of fun to watch. Bruins are a blast right now. I know that they've lost a couple in a row, but um, they are so much fun to watch. You don't think of Florida as hockey, right? It's your, it's Montreal, Boston, Chicago, Toronto. You know, maybe Detroit, uh, but no, uh, Florida. They, they bought into it, and it's it's a great experience at the games, both at Florida Panthers and over Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, let's bring it to another country then, Doug. When you were when you were in the CFL, and by the way, that was that was the best eight years in the CFL for you. And I most outstanding player, what six times, three great cups. I'm a big CFL fan. I'm from six Ottawa. Times. I was, a, I was, and I was a kind of a Montreal Alouettes fan growing up because Johnny Rogers wore number 20 for the Alouettes. So I go back to, the, to that day, but when you were with the BC lions, did you go to a lot of Vancouver Canuck hockey games at that time? I went to a couple of Vancouver games, a couple of Calgary games when I was there, I only got the, the amazing thing was that, that the Leafs were the easiest to get to. And I think I only got the one game um, because pinball snuck me in. He, like, he and I went over last minute and just walked in the back door <laughs> or something. But it was, yeah, it, it was an experience. Uh, Pavo uh, Bure was in Calgary while I was in Calgary. He was fun to watch. And um, I think it, it reca- you know what's you know what happened that, that opened me up to, like, putting skates on and, and playing? The CFL had a hockey tournament. The eight CFL teams during the offseason would meet in Winnipeg, and we they, you had a hockey team from your football players. And the guys oh. wanted me to skate. And so I had to throw on the skates and be a part of that and, and be a part of that team. So that's when I actually got exposed to getting on real ice and in a, in a rink and actually playing, trying to play real hockey. And uh, I couldn't imagine this day and age of, of the NFL saying, yeah, let's let uh, Patrick Mahomes throw him some skates and play hockey during the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> he could probably do think, it. <laughs> he could, he could probably do it. I don't think the team would let him contractually, but uh, he probably could do it. Right. That kid's an athlete. It, um, it was fun. Our team doctor was actually our goaltender. <laughs> wow. but the guys who no all kidding. played like junior, you know, the Canadian kids on your team – we're all upper level hockey play. You know, they played up into juniors and then decided to play football. You know, they get to that level. I had to make a decision on what they were doing, but you know, they grew up with it. I had guys on my team in Calgary that did neighborhood rinks for the kids and kept the rink going, things like that. So it's a way of life up there. It's, you know, no doubt about it. It exposed me to hockey that much more. And that's when I actually, you know, gave my ankles a workout by trying to skate. That's awesome. And I, so you mentioned you so- went to a game in Toronto. Did you go to Maple Leaf Gardens then in Toronto? That would have been the time, yeah. right? Not, yeah. not the new Leaf. That would have been the old, old Maple Leaf Gardens. Great. Not the Great new venue. Yeah, it was old Maple Leaf Gardens. It went straight up. I mean, it, yeah. when you, we were in the top, we just, I don't know. But when you looked down, it was like you were standing on top of the ice. <laughs> and uh, it was a bit more of a box than an arena to me. You know, it was, yeah, that's a that's cool right. experience to be able to say I was there. You know where I never went? I'm, I was there, obviously, old Boston Garden for me and all that. Yeah. But uh, I never made it to old Yankee Stadium, which was absolutely amazing to me that I never got there. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we did games. We did football games from the new Yankee Stadium. We did. I was never in old Yankee 
You guys, we did a Notre Dame. God, that was a cold day. We did a Notre Dame football game at Yankee Stadium against Syracuse. We had a ball. We had our families there. We had a big dinner afterwards. It was so much fun. Um, and it was, yeah, it was one of a, it was a snowy day. It was, it was awesome in New York City. But it was the new Yankee Stadium, not the old one. But it's so cool because, Doug, you're like a diehard Boston sports fan living in Florida, and you still get to see your team. I know you don't miss a Red Sox game during the season. I, I love the the nod to our dear friend Tim Wakefield there with the baseball cap. I've got that cap as oh. well. I, I wear it every day when I'm not doing the hair. But um, when yeah, <laughs> yeah, when I'm not working. But um, yeah, just the the worst losing him recently. But but you are such a huge supporter of Boston sports fans and Boston sports, and I just love that you get to still appreciate it down there in Florida. Yeah, I mean, Nesson keeps us in touch. Touch. Um, we watch every Red Sox game. We watch every Bruins game. We live and die with those. I've been more. I tell you, I, the Red Sox had a down year this year, but um, the the Bruins have become more and more fun for me. I mean, last year was absolutely amazing, and then you know what happened in the playoffs, but uh, it was just a shock. But um, Nesson keeps us in touch with it. And then I get back. I make sure we get back and get to a handful of to get to Fenway to get to some games. It's Laurie's happy place is going to, to Fenway Park. So when we're in town, we got to go to Fenway and we got to do certain things. So um, we, it's still a big part of our lives. We're connected with the Boston sports fans. Mm -hmm. uh, the Patriots are miserable to watch this year. So it's oh my frustrating. Gosh. What is going to happen, Doug? What is going to, what is going to happen? Like is Belichick Bel Belichick's gone? I don't know. Throw the ball to the guy on your, you know, the guy wearing the same colors. Throw it to that guy and have him catch it. That's all you get. You got one. Throw it to the guy, right? And if you're simple, it's, it's I'll tell you. It, have they called you yet? Yeah, to come it back? seems so simple. <laughs> I can't. I, I can make a comeback and shoot. I can hold for field goal. I have no doubt. That's it. Now, someone's got to come out and pick me up. I can get down to one knee and hold for field goals, but someone's got to be responsible for picking me up and getting me back to the sideline. Um, oh my god! It's just it's frustrating. It's it's. I I look at. Um, at the quarterback situation, he's just lost all his confidence. You know, yeah, it just, yeah. you can see it happen over time. Um, and it just, it, because it, it weight, the weight of your world, it just gets heavier and heavier. And you would think that getting pulled and, and stepping back and letting the other guy go for a while actually relieves that tension for you. And mm -hmm. if you were to get the opportunity to get back on the field, then maybe, you know, in a different situation, when you're thinking about it all week long, you know, you had a rough week the week before you're losing games. You can't get things done. That just builds. Mm -hmm. And if, if you say, okay, we're going to bench our starter. What it does for the starter is you step back now in a relaxed atmosphere and take a good look from 10,000 feet and realize, Oh, it's, you know, it's still just football. Yeah. And then when the opportunity comes to get back on the field, maybe he plays better. I don't know. It just it's very frustrating to watch. The fact that you can't get the ball in the end zone, you can't score points, you can't score ten points. Uh, two weeks, it just couldn't even make just, a thirty-yard uh, field goal to put it in overtime. Oh, uh, you know, and I, I, with the way things went this year or have been going, right? They get in the field goal range, chip shot area. And I, I turned to my wife and go, he's going to miss it. It's just, it's raining out. Oh, it's no. gross. The, the pressure's on him. They're just, it's, he's going to miss. It's not, she's like, shut up. 
it's like it's almost like I willed it to happen, but um, <laughs> hey, it just hey, Doug, it was a, typical a, the way the season's gone. And from a just mindset typical. of you know, like, being a former quarterback, like is it is it that scenario where you need a change of scenery? Would that do Mac Jones better? I think yeah, for Mac, I, I think I think. Change of scenery helps. Like you get a fresh start. You know, maybe the end of the season he gets released or traded or whatever happens. Um, but you know, like I said, even just the stepping back and being benched and sit for a week or two, see it from a relaxed position mm-hmm. before you jump back into it. It, it. it unloads all that burden, and I, I know it's hard to. And I don't know what it is. It's a the new like I I've been on the only situation i can relate to it is when i first went to canada british columbia we were losing uh head coach was under fire and they made a coaching change and the day that had like the players feel the pressure for the coach to win yeah. mm-hmm. and the day that they fire the head coach and somebody gets elevated to this it's like the weight of the world was just lifted and it's a fresh start and and i i can't you know it's all pressure you put on yourself it's mm-hmm. all in your head, but there's something very real about it. But but does that come from Belichick by not naming a starter? It's like it's a game. We don't even know who the starter is until Sunday morning or, or to kick off. I don't think he matter. knows. I don't <laughs> think right. he knows right now. I Really. Yeah. I mean, Zappy went right in in the second half and first, first series, bang, 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 down the field. Here we go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then – Another pick. Thinks that nothing happened the rest of the way. I yeah. – um, yeah, maybe maybe just go ahead and make the other guy, make Zappy the starter, sit yeah. Mac, and then if things are going poorly, coming off the bench. I always – coming off the bench was a lot easier. Even though you didn't yeah. get the game prep, it was a lot easier coming off the bench in a no-lose situation where, okay, it's already falling to pieces. Let me go just play. And Mac's just got to get back to the point where he's just playing. Now, I will say this. The Patriots have never had and don't have these explosive wide receivers. Mm-hmm. They don't have the, the even when Tom was playing, Tom made everybody better, but Randy Moss was the only big time guy he ever had that like like all the, all these guys that Tom made into superstars and they signed their big contract goes a free agent somewhere else. They never have another year like that, right? So right. Tom was something special, but they they just don't have game changer at the skilled positions and Doug, Explain, like, Doug if you can oh go ahead banger no 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 katie go ahead go ahead i just had a question just regarding belichick because obviously the microscope is on him and you look at a kid like mac jones no confidence is he going to get it from a guy like belichick you know you played for belichick is he as difficult as a player as he is what we see in the media like could you could you feel like could he make it better for you if he instilled that kind of confidence in, in a guy like Mac Jones or is he as tough on his players as he is what we think he is? I I think he is, mm-hmm. and I think when things go poorly, it's tough. You know, a guy like Tom had the ultimate confidence and had his success. So as the years went by, if there were struggling times, you recover from that easily. I needed a guy to for me to be successful. I I needed the coaches that wrap their arm around. Don't worry about that. It's gone, right? That interception's over with. It's move on. I kind of needed that. I needed that guy that I was willing to go out on the field and just take chances and not care. And what happens is when you're looking over your shoulder 
and you're afraid to make mistakes, you stop making big plays. Mm -hmm. There's times where you got to fit that ball into a tight window. There's times where you've got to anticipate, trust your judgment, and just turn it loose. And what happens when you're looking over your shoulder, afraid to make mistakes, you stop doing that. Mm -hmm. And you take the safe bet. Ah, it's a little tight, not there. Hit the check down four-yard game. You know, and you stop making big plays. Right. And I played like that under certain coaches. And then there was other coaches where, perfect example, Don Matthews in Toronto was my head coach. Uh, we had won a great cup already the first year. The second year he comes in, he had a new offensive coordinator for me, a guy named John Jenkins. John comes in and sits down. I love John Jenkins. He and I got along great. We win another great cup together. But he brought John in. He said, Doug, this is John. John, this is Doug. John stayed up out of the way, Doug, this is your <laughs> offense, right? I love it. And, and he just sat there and he's like, Doug, if you're not coming out. If you throw five interceptions, you're going to have a chance <laughs> to throw six because you're not coming out. And yeah. and that just, you know, frees you up builder. to just go play. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I'm sure there's scenarios where I could have gotten myself pulled, but um, <laughs> that was the basic premise. And I loved playing for guys that were that way, that, had that confidence in you and you just went out and played uh, free and, and not afraid to make mistakes. Cause you're going to make mistakes. If you're making big plays and you're look at some of the stupid stuff Patrick Mahomes does and gets away with. And other times I'm sure, you know, he ends up with an interception, but he doesn't care. He's going to turn around and throw three more touchdown passes doing the same thing he's just doing. Yeah, yeah, no I, I don't think he's sitting on the bench anytime soon. No, no, no. no. Not he's not all. worried about it. He could go out and throw three straight picks. He's not worried about it. Hey, so Doug, what was it like, Doug? What, what was it like, Doug, as a, if I could take a, a goaltender's perspective? I, I knew when I was on my heels or deep in the net and, and just lacking that, uh, oh, uh, that not prominent, you know, posture that, that you would normally have. And so I know what it was like starting the game and not having confidence. And it was a, it was a really a, a bad feeling. What was it like for you when you didn't have confidence yeah. and you went into um, the and you tried to grab everybody and get them going, yet they knew you didn't have confidence, you knew you didn't have confidence. What did you do to change things around? You know, I would go to the offensive coordinator. I'm like, give me some, give me a layup. Give me, give me a naked bootleg. Let me run a quarterback draw. Let me do something, get myself involved in the game. Um, there are times when just completing a pass was like pulling teeth. Just, I don't care if it was a, a screen pass, a five-yard gain. Those things, there's days where it's tough because of pass rush, because of batted balls, whatever it might be. And that's when you have these go-to plays. You have these five, four or five plays that you know you can run like the back of your hand and you're going to execute. And then for me, because I was an athletic quarterback, I always got into sync when I took off and ran. Give me a quarterback draw. Give me a naked bootleg. Shoot, run a reverse and make me go throw a block. Get me, like, physically in the game. Because a guy like Tom, Tom Brady, if you were in the, if you're a quarterback and you're just a drop-back passer, you may not even break a sweat mm. for a quarter. <laughs> right? Tom's catching the ball in the gun, taking two steps and throwing the ball. That, to me, I never felt like I was into the flow of the game when I did that. I didn't feel like I was into the flow of the game until I ran, got hit, or I hit somebody, which didn't happen too often. <laughs> I was, I was going to say. <laughs> when did that ever happen? I did. I had, one, I had one really good block in college, and I had one really good block in Saskatchewan. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, hey Doug, if, if, we can if we can transition from NFL to college here, uh, now that we're towards the end of the season. Oh, I'm uh, losing. Can, can, you, can you hear me, Doug? Doug, you got Try us? Again. Can you hear me now? I'll come back in here. Tap real well. <laughs> uh, maybe it's, yeah, Niner, do you have your Coach? microphone all? Yep, I'm all the way up. Can you guys hear me? Okay, there hear you go, there you yep. go, there you go. Oh, he's Perfect. got it. Gotcha. Three, two, one. So, Doug, uh, let, let's transition from the NFL to college football with the season coming to an end and uh, the Heisman voting right around the corner. Yourself being a former Heisman winner, uh, what, do you, what do you foresee happening here for the Heisman Trophy this year? Uh, this year is a little more up in the air. It really is. Um, I get – well, I've got my own – frustrations right now with college football transfer portals and NILs and people that play a whole career at one school and go play one more season somewhere else. And uh, it's weird. It's really weird. But uh, if you're looking at it right now, I think Bo Nix at Oregon's had a great year. Jaden Daniels, um, LSU, uh, Penix out of Washington. Um, and then the guy, I was my third, my, you know, I, my third spot, I usually put as a sentimental favorite. And I think that guy that's going to take my, my number three spot will be uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. from Ohio yes. State, a guy that I don't think will win it because he's <laughs> a wide receiver, but is a phenomenal, right? Phenomenal oh, my God. Player. That's KT's you know, favorite. But, um, I, I, that's my favorite, Doug. I got to tell you, I, well, you know, doing all these Big Ten games, I see a lot of these guys up close, and I'm watching college football more broadly than I ever did just because before it was just – you know, we had the Notre Dame package and you'd study their opponent and you'd keep your eye on other teams. But this is like you're all in. And I have loved every second of it. But I've had the chance to do three Ohio State games. That Marvin Harrison Jr. is special. And I've also talked Stop. to his dad multiple times and he is a riot. I'm sure you know Marvin Sr. very well, but he's so hard on his son. He's like, I'm not sitting here with pom poms and popcorn. I've got my notes out and he's going to hear from me. And I mean, he calls the coaches. <laughs> I mean, Doug, you watch that game, the Michigan Ohio State game. Marvin Harrison Jr. is hands down the best player on the field. He deserves an invite to New York. That's all I'm saying. Not going to yes. say if he's going to win it or not, Agreed. but he deserves Agreed. an invite. And oh, when was the last time a wide receiver won? You know, they hardly ever get to win. So yeah. I say yeah. give him a chance. He's a great guy. He's going to be a to catch the ball. Huh? I'm sick of all these quarterbacks winning the Heisman. I wish <laughs> I hear you. Oh, <laughs> why couldn't he get like, just get the ball in his hands a couple more? Fine, you've got to find ways to get the ball in certain. Well, guys. because the quarterback is not a Heisman Trophy quarterback. That's why. I mean, we saw he threw the interception at the end of the game. Like you can't do that. You're about yeah. to drive in with a chance to beat Michigan, and you throw an interception. Yeah. But you know, nothing against Kyle McCord, but Marvin Harrison is elite. I mean, and he works. I mean, what you hear behind the scenes, what he does, he's at the he's at the facility before anybody else is. He's working around the clock, of course, learned from one of the best that ever played the position with his dad. So I don't know. I'm a huge fan of his. And I just, you know, I hope he gets an invite. That's all I'm saying. Just in case you know somebody who knows somebody, Doug, I, just throw it out there. Give the poor kid an invite. The, the boats just, the, uh, the email for boats just went out this week. So guys are putting in their boats this week. Okay. Um, and uh can you give him three for me can you give all three to him for me i, I I'll, I'll bump him up let's, let's okay, bump him up at least a spot maybe two hey um, Doug, it's so, 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 so kt's an influencer yeah, yeah. 
See, first place vote, you get three three spots, one, two, three. And first place is three points, two points, one point for, for a third place vote. So being on the ballot gets you points. Being a you know, number one spot, you know, they add up in a hurry. Um, a lot of the voting in Heisman is usually regional. Mm-hmm. You know, like everybody's got their regional favorites. And yeah. it, it, it when it's really tough is say there's a guy from Ohio State and a guy from Michigan, both, that are front runners. They're going to split a lot of votes in the Midwest yeah. where yeah. the guy in the West is getting all his first place votes. So the guy down in the SEC is getting all these first place votes. So that's the one flaw in the voting. But um, I've seen a couple of Heismans go where they maybe shouldn't have because of that. But for the most part, it works out. Yeah. So so the votes go in prior to the conference championship games. So it doesn't like no impact on what happens next weekend. Uh, no, you can put in your vote until the last minute. Uh, guys can actually start voting now. And then, um, the, because, because it's all electronic now, you can mm-hmm. wait till that last game is played and, and get the votes in right. where back when I played, uh, majority of the votes are in before the last week of the season because they, have and, to be, hmm. they had to be mailed in. I'd want, oh, so that's right. I'd want. So I'd want to wait till the very, very end, huh? Sure. Oh, yeah. You want to see what so, happens next week. So the very end would be next Sunday after all the conference championship games? Correct. Correct. Uh, what is uh, December 8th and 9th? 9th-ish is Heisman stuff. 8th is yeah, the award. Yep. Uh, somewhere around. Thanks. So, what do you uh, remember, Doug? What do you yeah, remember? we got another week to watch. What do you remember about winning that Heisman in 1984? Oh, oh my God! That that was crazy because I had a game that day, and we played at Holy Cross. After the game, I jumped in a limo, and or it was a van actually. Went to a local airport, put me on a private plane with Laurie, <laughs> with my parents. Okay, we're on a private plane, uh, which I think was paid for by a BC alum, and then you flew to Teterboro. Mm-hmm. They had a helicopter waiting that only two of us could go. So Laurie and I went on the helicopter, <laughs> so cool. which wow. kind of pissed my dad off, right? My dad's <laughs> the one that said, I don't know. So I'm like, no, Laurie and I are going on a helicopter. So now we go over, we're flying into New York, and we had a little extra time, they said. So I asked if we could do like a lap around New York and do a little tour thing. So the, the pilot took us for a lap around Manhattan from the helicopter. Wow. We land across the street from, from uh, the downtown athletic club at a heliport, we get in a limo and drive 30 feet across the street to the downtown athletic club, right? Get out, they have a room waiting with some food and the the TV show started in about 30 minutes. So I had about 30 minutes in the room grabbing something to eat and Laurie looks at me, it's like, you think they would have gone through all this if you didn't win? <laughs> and I'm like, good, because we you don't know, you know, no one knows until the announcement. Um, but that was what was it got for me. It got to the point where when it, all that build up, I was the front since we knocked off early in the year. We knocked off uh, Alabama defending national champion. We beat them. Um, we had a couple of big wins early. I had a bunch of yards and, t- and I was the front runner from early on. Mm-hmm. Then the Hail Mary thing happens at the end of the year. And it got to the point where it was like, oh, my God, what happens if I don't win? 
right? It, it got to that point. That, like, it was still surreal to, to win the Heisman. It was just ridiculous. But it got, actually got to the point where I had become such the front runner that you start worrying about what, what am, how am I going to handle this when I don't win and what do I say and all that. That was what was going through my mind. Wow. Wow. That's so what cool. Was it, was, yeah. was it as media frenzied back in 1984 where there are as many uh, nominees as there are now? Is it the same amount? Yeah, there were uh, – who were the guys there? I think Bernie Kosar was there, Keith Byers from Ohio State, uh, Bo Jackson was in the mix. Um, wow. The, you know, the, yeah, the it was a, the, the thing was that for me that you, the announcements that night for the TV show, and then you're in New York for two or three days and you run around like a chicken with your head cut off. Like they just run you in the ground. It's New York. You're signing. And I want it. And this is what happened was, um, and I was very excited to do this late that night. We got back on the private plane and flew back to Boston. And I went back to campus with, with my teammates, which was the coolest thing ever. And then I flew back to New York the next day to do all the running around. But I wanted to kind oh, of share great. with my teammates and be a part of that. Yeah. And what's really cool, and I don't remember, uh, it was one of the, the NBC crew um, that was at Boston College while I was at school. And I found this out like 30 years later when we were working together that she goes, um, when they were about to make the live announcement on campus, you could have heard a pin drop. Like mm -hmm. there was total silence across campus. And then when the announcement went, the place just erupted. And, you know, everybody was out of their dorms, out of the, you know, mods running through whatever. And to me, that's, that was a really cool story because I didn't know all that. I didn't know that. You, you don't know how people were reacting or feeling yeah. or, you know, and that was really cool for me to hear the, the stories of, of individuals on campus during that time. And, the the Christmas present that year became the Sports Illustrated cover, right? I had the sign. Yeah, I got back to my dorm or the dot in the mods, and I had stacks of thousands of Sports Illustrateds with tags on them to sign to so and so for Christmas, and that was became the Christmas present that year. It's truly remarkable Amazing that I mean, you were only offered one scholarship. That that's the thing is that Doug. Like it, it, you embody like the American sport dream because to Panger's point. You know, you, you only had one scholarship at college. You were a sick athlete. You can play every sport and you do every sport well. But, you know, that defining moment versus, of course, the highs, the uh, the Hail Mary, the season leading up to the Hail Mary was outstanding for you in Boston College. But you guys, I mean, traveling with Doug, it's like he, he looks like he's right now a T-shirt, a baseball cap down. He's got his backpack, his little wheelie suitcase, and every single person in the airport recognizes him. I lost it to are you there? Can you hear me? You got me now, Doug? Can you hear me now? One, two, three, four, five. It's all right. We'll get you back. You got me back a little bit? Testing one, two, one, three, two, four, five. Three, you got it? Four, five. One, two, three, four, Go. five. You good? All right. Let me just reverse and I'll trim it down. Can you hear me, Doug? Doug, you got me? No? One, two, three, four. Shoot. I'm killing you. It's okay. No, you're good. You're good. Can you hear me now? Heisman Trophy winner. Yeah, you, you got Can me you now. Can you hear huh? me? Yeah, we hear you fine. Can you yeah. hear me? There you go. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, re-ask. Yeah, re All right, I'm going to re-ask the question. Um, 
guys, what's so cool about, I mean, Doug, you, you embody the American sport dream, right? Every little kid that grows up that wants a scholarship, that wants to do something great. You did that. You know, you were only offered one scholarship in college, but look at the career you've had, the Heisman Trophy, all the accolades, 21 seasons of professional football, every sport in the world you want to get out there and play basketball, you know, swimming with the lifeguards. But when I travel with you, it's incredible who recognizes you and it's, everywhere you guys he's literally a phenomenon it's you're an enigma there's nobody like you and it's just so much fun to see that now how many years later you still have such a following and this loyal passionate fan base all throughout the united states that because you are what everybody wants to be right the undersized the not acknowledged every every everything's fighting against you and you go on and achieve greatness it's like you can do it you know it's the it's the ultimate american sport yes. dream it looks like it just looks like a young kid still to this day. Yeah. It's very flattering to me when when those things happen, because I've always had the chip on my shoulder. See, I don't see it that way all the time. You know, I'm still trying to prove myself. That's why I'm playing these stupid old man baseball tournaments <laughs> and I play hockey. I'm still I'm still trying to make it. I'm still trying. You know, it's like I, I've always been trying to measure up and um I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm out there playing old man baseball and pissed that I didn't turn the double play because I had a little bobble on it or something. Right. And I'm going over and some guy's pitching and I'm, I'm, I hit a ground ball base hit or I beat it out. It's in there. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm sitting on first base. I go, you think John Elway or Dan Marino is doing this? <laughs> like, you know, they, they probably can't. Care. That's the point. They're not in the shape that you're in. They probably can't play that. That's what, that's what I well, keep going about. It's like, I'm still trying to, there you go, new genetics. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I just, it's it's the way I'm, it's, and you know, you know I used to go play pickup basketball when we do the Notre Dame games. I, I, I was at Boston College for the UConn game this year, and I went over and played some pickup ball at the Plex. And I'm just having fun. I, I love the competition, and I'm just having fun. And to me, you didn't have to pay me to play football. You really didn't. You had to pay me to show up and practice every day. <laughs> but to, to go out and get on a national stage and play 11 on 11 or 12 on 12 in Canada against other guys, somebody's organizing this game for me and I get to go play. That was fun. That's, you know, and I've always viewed it that way. I, that's why I still, if guys are playing pickup on, I'm driving by the court, I'm going to stop and play. I enjoy that. That's, that's awesome. it's just who it's what I, now it hurts a lot more. They don't have to see <laughs> yeah. me rolling out of bed and crawling across the floor, but um, I just, I enjoy it. It's always been fun and I'll compete as hard in the three on three down the street as I do on Sunday mm. in an NFL stadium. It but Doug, hurts. isn't it isn't the isn't the bottom line though? Never underestimate an athlete with a chip on his shoulder. I, I no doubt. You know, isn't that's that? Great, I mean, that's why that's, Tom, that's why Tom played as long as Tom played. That's what yeah. motivated on a daily basis. He's still trying to show those guys they made a mistake on him in the draft. And that's, right. that's just, you know, Tim Dwight was an undersized receiver. Um, kick returner played with me in San Diego, also New England. And Tim and I would get up every, we would be the first ones there. We'd be running the hill in the back of the, the facility at, at San Diego. And we'd be the other ones out. There. It's like we had to prove every day that we belonged. While the other guy had to prove he didn't belong. And that's just what kept us motivated on a daily. 
And for everybody, it's something different that motivates you, that gets you up every morning and gets you out of bed and, and running five miles or whatever it is you do. Yeah. Um, and and that was you know who we were because we felt we had to prove every day. Every day they're looking to replace us, and that's the that's the way we approached it. Yeah. Well, I, have to say, yeah I, I see your uh, your T-shirt for the Flutie 5K, and you know we've, oh. we've got to bring up another very big passion for yours. But your son Dougie Jr., um, born with autism, and um, you know you have done such an you and Lori and your family have done such an amazing job with the Doug Flutie Jr. Foundation. The 5K being one of that. I know you're up in Boston running the marathon. You get such a great turnout for your marathon team. So, um, how's Dougie Jr. doing? And give us an update on the foundation and maybe what's next that fans can maybe chip in and help out. Uh, Dougie, Dougie's awesome. Dougie's 31 years old. He's six wow. foot. He's taller than me. Um, <laughs> he's physically fine. You know, physically he jumps in and out of the pool, swims a little bit. I get him on a surfboard once in a while in the summer, especially in the little waves. He'd rather fall and crash and burn in the water than, than actually ride it. Comes up <laughs> laughing. Aww. He has fun. Um, he does horseback riding on Thursdays. Uh, but he is very low functioning, doesn't have speech. Um, he'll be with us the rest of his life. You know, he'll be dependent on us. Uh, the foundation is doing extremely well. We have kind of, COVID kind of opened our eyes to something new in that we started doing uh, virtual events. Mm -hmm. And now we do a combined virtual with, with in-person events and wow. fundraising over the last three years has skyrocketed. Wow. Like we've done so right. much better because of uh, we actually have numbers. The Disney 5K is coming up uh, January. We have numbers for that. We have um, the 5K thing's kind of been real interesting. We've, we've had third parties do them all over the country. We actually had a third party event over in Berlin, Germany. Wow. You know, and they're, they're jogging with Dougie heads in oh, Germany. Oh, I love that. So, That's so it's, it's really what amazes me is I'm nearly 20 years out of the game. Um, I think it's 18, uh, and the foundation is stronger than ever, which I did not expect. I expected, you know, the slow descent, um, but we've celebrated our 25th anniversary this year. We had to, uh, basically a party at Fenway, and um, it was it was all. It's just it amazes me that we've been doing it for 25 years, and the people have supported us all these years. Uh, Boston primarily has been our our solid base, but the Buffalo area as well, and. Uh, all over now shoot people are running around the world with dougie heads pretty cool and and what about That's a with great compliment to, to you and your wife yeah i mean it truly is a testament i mean i know Lori works around the clock with dougie i know she's yeah. very involved with the foundation and every single event you guys are there hands-on um, what is is there any update as far as like research or advanced medicine or anything that is that is that we should know that would be beneficial to you know maybe mm -hmm. finding a cure or figuring this out um, I have my own view on a lot of things, mm -hmm. uh, but, um, really no, only more in treatment, more in the way it's just the diagnosis earlier, the earlier, the better get them into early intervention. Tim Wakefield was a big part of that down here. He had space Coast early intervention for autism. Uh, his son, Trevor has autism. Um, and you know, that that's where it starts. It starts with the pe the people that work with the kids are absolutely amazing. The, the amount of patience and all yeah. that. So 
uh, I, the, the, the bottom line is, is in treatment and dealing one-on-one, hand-over-hand, helping these kids earlier, the better. And right now, that's where it stands. Yeah, uh, great. And I just, uh, yeah, more and more. I, I will say this, that our legacy, when we first started our foundation, basically, if you picked up a textbook, it would read that autism was caused by bad parenting or neglect, that the kids would, would receive um, and that's not the case, obviously. I think the thing that we've done is brought a lot of awareness to it over the years. And we mm-hmm. kickstarted a lot of other foundations like Autism Speaks and others that have raised millions and millions more than we're capable of doing. Um, but I think our difference will be the initial awareness level that we brought to it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully down the road, there is a cure. But right now, the focus is on treatments and handling um aid to parents and, and for whatever their needs may be at home with the children and, and help them the best we can. Yeah. Incredible. God's work right there, Doug. Love you guys are doing great things. Yeah. yeah. Huh? Uh-huh, for sure. And I know it's just made an impact on Dougie going down to Florida. You used to tell me how, you know, those cold winters in new England were just, you know, stable, but he gets out, he can go outside. He can enjoy the seasons a lot longer in the warmer weather. So that's been great that he's flourished in that setting. No doubt about it. We get him outside a lot more and he's able to you know, do the things like at the beach or in, even to, to see him independently decide I'm jumping in the pool. You know, <laughs> he, he can tread water. He treads water. He, I wouldn't say he swims, but he treads water. And he'll just all of a sudden make that decision. And you see he decides I'm going in, I'm whatever. That's the stuff that is so cool to us. Yeah. So cool. Very cool. Well, we've taken up a lot of your time. I'm sure you have a, do you have a baseball game to get to tonight or what are you? Actually, we have a foundation board meeting. Oh, okay. All right. Great. Good transition then. Uh, you know, you know how gr- great I am at meetings and sitting inside. Yeah, no, not being not able to get out. at all. At all. You guys, I would yeah. see Foster he'd be going, he'd be looking at me like tap. Are we done? Are we done? I'm like, no, we have like We're three done. more hours of this. You have to sit there. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are really going to ask more questions. Really? <laughs> what do you guys, it's football. He's like, I already know everything I need to know. I'm like, oh, I love it. Sit there and be cool. <laughs> I hear you. I go into the, well, I go into that production truck and I got, I'm claustrophobic and now those environments, I gotta, I gotta get out. I'm out of the truck. I gotta huh? get up and walk. I gotta, go. I gotta I walk laps around the table. I, yeah. I just, I, I, I got to oh, move. Great stories of our broadcasting <laughs> well, days. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. We had a good crew. We, gotta, we had a lot of you fun. Got, you and- bring a whole bunch of hockey pucks and throw them at you, Dougie, in the in the truck. Then you, you'll get That's right. Okay, then you'll well, like that. I'll yeah. say one last get thing, too, Doug. Watching all those Nugenics commercials, and I see you running around with your surfboard, no shirt on. I'm sitting on the couch with, like, a Mountain Dew and popcorn <laughs> in front of me. I'm going to start popping these Nugenics, like, Tic Tacs <laughs> to see if I can get a body like you. <laughs> And I just, I had the most, I'll tell you what, I, I had a cold the last week or so. I've kind of been down and out and hadn't done a lot. Uh, had a little cold and I, I just, the wave started to shift, the wind shifted and there was a little bump in the wave. I'm like, I got to get my butt up and go. And I made my, get yourself off the couch, get up and make yourself go do whatever it is you do because it's, it just becomes easier and easier to sit. Just keep moving. Yeah. A body in motion great, stays great in job. motion, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's great to Thank see you. you. Good advice. Our best to your family. Happy holidays. Thank you so much for coming on, Doug. It's been fun catching up with you. So much fun. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank right, you. We'll see you Thank you, Thanks, Doug. Guys. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. Oh, my gosh, you guys. Another episode of KT Brings Her Friend to Work Day. But I got to <laughs> tell you, I mean, he's one of my 
He's one of my favorite people to be around. And what I didn't say, and I, I wanted to say, but we got we got sidetracked, was when I mentioned all these people that stop him in the airport. And, and I'm telling you, it is he's the most you know um, it, it, like undiscoverable person because he's 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 short in stature. He's got his baseball cap down. He has like one little wheelie suitcase, a t-shirt. People spot him from a mile away. It's unbelievable. And he stops for every single fan. He signs, he takes pictures. He has grown men shoving their kids in his face, trying to take a picture, knowing that the grown man is really the one that wants a picture, not the <laughs> four-year-old who has no idea who this person is. He's an incredible person. He does so much for everybody. Um, and I, I just, I love him to pieces. He's been fun to work with, but more importantly, to get to know with as a, as a friend. And um, I could sit for hours and listen to those old time stories of his. I just love it. You know, KT, sometimes you don't know what a person is really like. And that's what's been fun about having you or Niner bring in, you know, friends. I mean, this is what this show is all about is, is, is it's yeah. also an opportunity for some of us that may not know them very well to get to know them a little bit better. I would not have known that about yeah. Doug. I, you know, you see him on, on, on TV when he's been working in that area. You see him as an athlete. But um, to, to know that he treats people like that is I'm not surprised. But it's so great to hear that kind of thing because that's that's what we I used that's what we got to like, that's what we got to do like you know the exactly transporters of we're blessed to be in these positions exactly you gotta you've got to make the most of the platform you have and I'm telling you I, I would tell them afterwards I'm like you're exhausting to travel with yeah. like really and truly I'm just gonna leave you at the TSA pre chat because God bless Lori she's been doing this for however many years but um it's amazing he stops for everyone well, so. They, it's he'll be cool. he'll be 95 years old. He'll be on the surfboard. He'll be playing pickup hockey. He'll be in the net. He'll be playing <laughs> baseball. He'll be a point guard. And all anybody wants to talk to him is that Hail Mary pass against the University of Miami. And that'll, you know, know. That, how good is that? But I remember him as a champion in the CFL. You know, I mean, he won with three different teams. So it wasn't like this guy just, yeah. he exudes winning. And, and uh, he had a, there was just something about him. He got on the field and it was like, okay, something magical is going to happen. And, and uh, it, it's that's uh, to me, that's just amazing. I, I wanted to, you know what I wanted to ask him about? Cause Sean Salisbury once told me that in the CFL, just the, just going from college to the NFL, to the CFL, where you drop back on the, on the third or the fourth and, and you, let's say you, you a little button hook to the, you know, to the, uh, to the end zone, it's an extra 20 yards. Mm -hmm. He said, by the time you pull back, it's a 40 yard pass. Right. <laughs> so the differences yeah. between the two, like, you know, it's, I know it's just three downs. It's a wider field and all that kind of stuff. But, man, some of the throws yeah. you've got to make there. And in the brutal weather of all brutal weather. So you got to be hardy as well to win in that lane. Sure. So, anyway, that, that was I a real pleasure. He won I really enjoyed that. I didn't realize he won that many uh, great cups. Well, let me tell let me tell you, big guy. Yeah. And you talk about his counseling. Or let me, Panger, let me tell you something. We were we were part, we were playing on Fridays when we would do Notre Dame games. We'd always kind of launch the ball back and forth and play. He Doug always needs to have a football in his hand. And there was one Friday afternoon. Chris Sims was there, and he's launching these bombs to Sims in the end zone. And it's cold, right? I had gloves on, but it was a cold, blistery winter day in South Bend. And Doug said, "Tap, go long, go long." And I'm like, "Yeah, I want to catch him." Right? So I'm running into the end zone. It must have been a 50. I know he was past midfield, so it must have been a 50, 60-yard bomb. And he launches it, and I caught it. Ooh. The damn thing nearly That's knocked awesome. me over, and I thought I broke every <laughs> single finger. But I was like, I got the ball! And everyone was going nuts, and they ended up airing it in the broadcast the next day, and he and Tariko had fun with it in the booth. But, I mean, I thought I was like, that was the greatest sporting moment of my life. I just caught a Doug Flutie pass, and I almost died because of it, because my fingers are numb, and he, it was there was so much on that in ball. In South Bend. And I don't know. In South Bend on top of yes. it. Yes. 
in <laughs> South Bend at, at Touchdown Stadium, Jesus was the right there watching you. Yeah. You know what? Touchdown yeah, Jesus said. Maybe we can roll it you in podcast you here, but it's, it was. You got some help though, KT, because if you would have, if that would have went through your hands, it would have schmucked your nose and it would have just been a disaster. <laughs> I think that was all I cared that, about. Like, don't let Marsha, it hit your Marsha face. Brady. Oh, my nose. Bare hands, no gloves. Yeah, you would have been so bleeding anyway, like you read about true. right there while touchdown Jesus is looking over top of you. Oh, my goodness. Oh. My career would have been over with. Um, but, hey, he talked about the Heisman voting. And, Niner, I want to kind of transition to you here to give us some ideas of where these odds are right now. Because we got, you know, we got a voter's perspective, a Heisman Trophy winner to tell us you know, what his thought was, but what are the people saying yeah, in the betting Actually, yeah, years? we got all the updated uh, odds this weekend. And after a, a great weekend of college football, this is the first Saturday I've been able to sit on my couch mm-hmm. in God knows how many weeks. And to actually watch some of these teams and some of these Heisman candidates up close, they got Bo Nix in the lead at minus 160 right now. So laying 160 to win 100. And I got to tell you, I watched that Oregon team. They are legit. They are probably one of the oh, yeah. fastest teams I've ever seen. So many next-level players. Bo Nix is top three of all-time college games played. The kid is smart. Mm-hmm. He's fast. He doesn't turn the ball over. I'm really impressed with Bo Nix and this Oregon team. And he's I told got a great a couple name. of my buddies. Yeah. How can you <laughs> beat that name, right? I, I, we had a, actually a discussion with a couple of my buddies over the weekend, and Listen, at minus 160, I think you're still getting a steal on Bo Nix if, if uh, you get a chance to get to well, the window. For, yeah, but for KT. And, and who's up next after? Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. for KT because this has been a this has been an ongoing um, support love fest, which I love greatly fest. I greatly uh, admire because as well you guys deserved. well know, well I'm deserved. a little bit one dimensional. But I'm a little bit one-dimensional. As you guys know, I'm a hockey guy, and I just love golf. So I don't watch a lot of – college football that's two-dimensional um, panger that's two-dimensional <laughs> oh yeah that's right okay i'm two-dimensional <laughs> <laughs> oh good point kt thank you all right so give me marvin yeah Niner, give me some marvin harrison odds what should i be putting my money on him right uh, now listen marvin harrison you can't go wrong with him i uh, i mean if you're looking for a long shot you can sprinkle a little bit there but uh as we know it's it's basically a quarterback running back field um unfortunately that's what the heisman's about you can't tell me that Marvison Harrison Jr. probably isn't the best college player out there right now and definitely going right. to transition to an all-pro NFL career without a doubt. But um, for me, it's Bo Nix. You know, we learned something uh, interesting from Doug in regards to when the actual committee is able to start their votes. They can actually start as of today. It's done electronically, and they can go all the way up until after the conference championship games are over this weekend. Mm-hmm. So it could influx a little bit because you have Bo Nix playing Washington. Yeah, you might as well hold it if you have a chance to vote. Uh, when, when did you say Sunday? But but yep. like for example, Bo Nix is playing in the Pac-12 championship game. They're playing Washington. Michael Penix Jr. I believe is third in the odds right now. So who knows if Washington upsets Oregon? You know there could be a big transition and and who's going to go first yeah. or third. I just don't see it. This Oregon team, they're opening up as a nine and a half point favorite against Washington in the Pac-12 championship. That tells me everything I need to know. I, I don't see them losing. And as long as Oregon beats Washington, it's got to be Bo Nix. Yep. I agree. Okay. I agree for sure. That's, All right. That's, that's, that's money where your mouth is there, uh, Niner. Go, go drop 30 
on this guy. I, I've got I've got my Monday night beer hockey league, and I drive right by the DraftKings Sportsbook at the TPC here in Scottsdale, and I'm stopping and I'm going to the window. Nice. I love it. I love it. I like it. Well, guys, this has been a fun episode. Always good to see you guys. You I'm too. glad to see you all survive Thanksgiving craziness. Well, great job no getting food hangovers, are but also great job getting uh, you know getting Doug here. It's very timely and and great great to talk to a another little guy with gumption athlete that's always fun for me i gotta tell <laughs> you so he's a big hero of mine growing that's awesome and to have him on our, our podcast is very special so great work everybody oh, awesome i didn't know that panger well i'm glad glad we could bring you some joy on this monday <laughs> for us, <laughs> a lot to, to joy to, for us undersized athletes like panger and myself growing up back then if you weren't six two six four two forty you weren't going to make it anywhere so to watch which him, is most people so yeah. To watch him you can accomplish make what he accomplished in that day. Man, what mm-hmm. an accomplishment. Yep. That was that was a That's what I'm joy. telling you guys. He, he embodies what the American sports spirit is all about. Yep. That's exactly Just play right. Play your heart out, do your best. I can remember going to practices with him and he would watch athletes on the field. He's not looking at who the starter is. He wants to see who the athlete yep. is, who's got the will, who has the mentality, because that's gonna be a superstar. You know, it's not just about the that it's the intangibles that make these athletes great. And Doug had every single intangible possible. And then he had incredible athleticism as well. So, and very generous with his family and his friends. And yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yep. Until next time, guys. Sounds good. On the Back to You podcast. Love it. Great job, guys. Thanks, Doug. You got it. Well done, everybody.